can't do this anymore, so I'm just going to say it. This is not legal advice. It's just not. And it's just our opinions. <laughs> yeah, as if that wasn't obvious. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, inappropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. Shut up. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile work environment. Hello and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Hey, Mark. Where are we? We're in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, PA. We're in Dennis's large hotel room. Exceptionally large. Not like your broom closet. Yeah, so Dennis got a large room and I'm several floors higher and I have a tiny room, but it's a corner. And so I, I have, have two windows. Right. I have not a corner room, but it's expansive. It's expansive. And one of my windows like has a view and the other one looks right into another wing of the hotel, like four feet away. Which, depending on who is staying in the other wing of the hotel, could be a type of view, good I'm, or bad. I'm not looking. <laughs> no one believes you, Mark. Especially you. Yeah. Especially me. Why are we in Pittsburgh? We are here for the Ashra. HR Healthcare Conference. And what is ASHRA? It is a healthcare <laughs> HR organization. It's an acronym that we make into a word. Right. And I I could not sit here right now. It's well into the evening, and I don't think I could come up with Yeah, the we're acronym. all jet lagged. We have no idea what we're doing. It's Sunday night. We this this we will literally finish recording this. Dennis will mix it in his hotel room really quickly, email it to me in my hotel room, Right. at which point I will then upload it using the very slow Wi-Fi that may or may not be able to actually upload this from here. Yeah, good point. And then um, it will literally almost go live immediately. Which, which is, is kind of latest, exciting. It's like a live podcast. It's the latest we've ever cut it in terms of recording. And part of this podcast, our second segment, is going to be an interview with a return guest. Yes, uh, who we met here in Pittsburgh today for the first time ever. And we'll we'll get to that in the second segment, but stay tuned. It's going to be cool. Yeah, there may be a little repetition there, too, because we, we didn't know what we were going to say in this first segment when we recorded that segment earlier today. So there may be some additional introduction about right, the fact that Right, which, of course, I will Pittsburgh. edit out because I'm you, a professional. You, yeah, that would be the first time that's ever happened. Right. Can you tell me what ASHRA stands for? American Society of Health and Human Resources... Awesomeness, awesomeness. Yeah, the A is the for A is where you get you get yeah. held up. Um, yeah, it's been it's an interesting conference. It's an interesting conference. A little different from what I'm used to. Yeah, it, it, there's a definite different East Coast vibe that you and I, especially I, because you know you, you're you're from this state, but I, as a native Oregonian, have never really encountered before. I also wonder if that's – I mean I think there's a little bit of it as that, but I also wonder if it's just a different organization with a different kind of clientele, you know, different kind be. of HR professional that's attending. Yeah. But um, all their presenters wear pants. None of them swear. It's just not what I'm used to. Right. I mean in Portland, you go to an HR conference and like mostly your thong is not showing. You, mostly. Yeah, yeah. But mostly. you know you're going to see a thong or two. Yeah. You know you're going to see at least one neck tattoo. Yes. 
At and least I think one I've seen per. I think I've seen a tattoo. At I saw conference. one. One. I saw one. A guy wearing short sleeve shirt. Oh, I saw a woman with a tattoo. That's two tattoos. Yeah. That that we would see conference. like two tattoos on right. the side of one person's face in Portland. And and whereas I am, I, I wouldn't say I'm like dressed dressed up by Portland standards. I'm probably middle of the road no, by Portland standards. You do standards. have pants. Well, and I am wearing pants. They go down to my ankles. Yeah. Um, and shoes and and a shirt, but I would say that I am probably the most dressed down here. Yeah, or amongst the most. I saw amongst somebody. Amongst the some, most, I saw somebody. A little I more did dressed. see a hobo who was less well dressed than you, and I did see a dude from Alaska. Yeah, that was I, less dressed than I was. He was dressed for bear. He was. <laughs> yes, he was. You know, because when you're in Alaska, you got to be prepared. Yeah. So. We'll probably do a couple episodes from the ASHRA conference here in Pittsburgh. This will be the first one. We get around to it, you know, tonight, tomorrow. Might be more from here. See how it works. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and happen to be here... Yeah, because which strikes me as fairly unlikely. Fairly but, unlikely, because why? Why are you listening to this podcast it, instead of paying attention to the conference? Right, but if that happens to be yeah, the case, say hi. Say hi. Yeah. And maybe maybe we'll interview. Yeah. So I have something to talk about. Okay. And this is something that I chose because it is very near and dear to you, Mark. Oh. There, there is this – is this is a topic that I think is really going to get – one, you have a certain level of expertise in this that I certainly do not. And two, it will hit home on an emotional level with you. Oh. In a way that I'm kind of not as entwined in. Oh. Do you have any idea what this topic could be? Does it have to do with a round ball? It does. Um, one that can only be touched by the feet? Of, of most players, yes. Of most players. Well, yeah, I mean, it can hit anything other than the arms and hands. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. Do you know what a hotbed of sexism soccer is? Not relative to any other professional sport. Yeah, well. But, I mean, I see obviously differences between attendance at men's soccer matches and women's soccer matches. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that. Okay, except. We can we can where we start are, to talk about how it might apply to other sports. But get this. Remember Hope Solo? I've heard of her, yes. Yeah. Goalkeeper for the U.S. women's national soccer team. Awesome. Awesome player, right? Yeah. And she has the most awesome name of in sports, really. Yeah, it's a good name. It, it's no World Be Free. But next to World <laughs> Be Free, I think she's got the best name. She is suing the U.S. Soccer Federation for sex discrimination. Because they are paying women players a fraction of what they play, what they pay their male counterparts. She, in her lawsuit, claims that violates the Equal Pay Act. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I was aware of this at oh, some level. Okay. I, I, in my head, I thought there are other players involved with it as there well. There are other players involved. Um, she is the lead plaintiff. Okay, there are. It is a and multiple plaintiff lawsuit. What's interesting about it? I, I, I think I think there's a, a bunch of different ways you could you could look at it and dissect it. Some of which will back her claim, and some of which wouldn't. But uh, you know, it's interesting because the the U.S. women's soccer team kicks kicks ass, but. right? I mean, it's their they they've won the world cup how many how many times and you know they generally are and for years now have been rated the number one team in the world yeah they rule and they don't make as much money as the men's team which has done basically nothing crapo so get this 
The lawsuit is Hope Solo and four other players that all played on the 2015 World Cup winning roster. It's just four others? Four others. Um, I could probably guess a few of them, but... Yeah, I... So, in... It's... it's, I don't know why they call it... In in the article I have, they say it's the 2015 World Cup winning roster, but the World Cup was held in 2014. So, I I don't know what that's talking about. No, no, it wasn't. It was held in 2015. Oh, it was the... Okay. My bad. Men is 14, women's is the year after. So, next year is the Women's World Cup. So, here's what happened. The U.S. men's soccer team played in the 2014 World Cup. Yes. And earned a total of $9 million. As salaries for the players? Yeah. As compensation for the players? The pay structure for the entire team in aggregate, $9 million. They lost in the round of 16. Yeah, which was actually a very good Which is good actually really good for them. Because they usually just completely blow. A year later, the women's national team won the whole damn World Cup. Right. They got paid $2 million. In the aggregate. Less than a fourth of what the men played, what the men were paid, even though they played like crap. So Hope Solo and four other players in their suit points out that the women's national team stars are making between 38 and 72% of the money the men's national team stars earn on a per game basis. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, sounds about right, meaning that she's correct. Those those facts are accurate. Yes. Right. I believe it is what I'm saying. There's some other things in this that I don't quite understand. Men get a per diem of 75 bucks a day when they go to play in international venues that covers their, you know, Meal Food, snacks. snacks, booze, what have you. The women get 60 bucks. Huh. Yeah. Um, sponsor appearances for the men go for 3750 bucks. Women max out at 3000 And Hope Solo claims there's no legitimate non-discriminatory reasons for this gross disparity of wages. Claims that it can't be explained why by bona fide seniority, merit, or incentive system, or any other factor besides sex. So, Mark, here's my question for you. As you alluded to earlier, there's some arguments before, for and against that this is a discriminatory practice. What are some of the arguments against the idea that this is discriminatory? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that these are arguments against more information I might want to know that might be relevant to to formulating such an argument. Um, And number one of those is, what's the revenue generation? That's interesting. Right? So do, notwithstanding the fact that they don't do as well, is the men's team generating substantially more revenue than the women's team such that they can afford to pay higher salaries? Right. Good question. And I say that without judgment, but the, the the question is, what if society is sexist and not supporting the women and they don't demand, they don't, you know, people aren't willing to pay the same ticket prices or prices for, for, for uh, memorabilia and jerseys and hats right. and clothes and they're not generating as much money. And that's because society is super sexist. Right. And they simply don't, right. And we're, they're separate. I, actually, I'm curious. I actually don't know the answer to this. Is it the same employer? It is. It's the U.S. Ah, Soccer Federation. It employs Same both. employer employs both. So that, I think, 
starts to push. That's one particular fact that puts me in more in Hope Solo's corner. Here's another one that you're going to enjoy. U.S. Soccer's 2016 annual report talked about how important the Women's Team World Cup victory was for the financial health of U.S. soccer. Following the 2015 World Cup, in which the U.S. men went out and did their typical face plant, U.S. soccer had projected a $430,000 net loss. The women win the World Cup, and that turns into a profit of $17.7 million. I'm curious about the numbers behind that and how, yeah. how I mean, and I don't have the world port. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the annual report. So if, if the women are generating more, which is what you, at least in 2015 and, and 14, apparently right. they did. Then the question around revenue, which I was making an assumption there that they right. weren't making as much, but you know, at least preface it by saying, I really want to know what those numbers are, right? If they're not, if they're generating way more money, that weighs in favor of her claim as well. It does. Now, you know, we're used to thinking of of women's sports as being a little bit treated like a second-class citizen. I'm not saying that women female athletes are somehow second-class citizens, but that's how their sports teams are treated. You go to an NBA game and the arena might be packed. You go to a WNBA game and you're lucky to fill it a fourth of the way full. Right. There's, There's one sport in particular that I'm thinking of that that is not true for. It's more there's more parity in tennis than in yes. other sports, which notably we had some interesting issues around that. Yeah. very lately. That's a whole other podcast. Serena Williams. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. We'll have to come back to that. Um, and but it's also right. So you talk about the WNBA. There's also the NWSL, which is the National Women's Soccer League. Right, which is a different with different employer, different, different entity, different, group, different soccer group. group yeah. This is they, just the World Cup teams. Right, and there's there's only 9 teams in the NWSL and I will just just tout our hometown for a moment that Thorns the Thorns, the Portland Thorns, Thorns basically carry the league because Portland comes out and supports the team with averaging around 18,000 wow attendance at every game. I go to as almost all the games are going to be playing in the championship this coming weekend. Yeah, go Thorns. Um against a team as yet to be decided because uh, the other game whoever is, they is are, Tuesday. Terrible. Well, it's either Chicago or North Carolina. <sighs> yeah, they're awful. Yeah, um awful. awful. Uh and the the stadium will be sold out. Oh, and we've sold out games many times for regular season games in Portland. And the average attendance for the league is something like 5,000. And we're doing that's including Portland's contribution to that. So a lot of these other teams are pulling two, three thousand people to these games. And there was an uptick, a serious uptick in attendance following that World Cup in 2015. I would imagine so. Because you have the stars of the team. Everybody watched them on national TV and attendance and viewership went up. But that has, I believe, I'm not an NWSL statistician. I don't know the exact trajectory, but no, I think it, but, yeah. it went up and it's come back down. You get a bump uh, a little bit since then, and the now, league is the league is still there. It's still viable, which prior women's leagues have all folded, yeah. and it's been going for about six years now. Right. So there's hope that this will continue, but the other cities are going to have to see the same kind of support that Portland has, right? And and contrast that with Major League Soccer in the U.S., of which there are going to be soon three times as many teams as the women's league. Oh, wow. And they're averaging, you know, 20, 25,000 a game. Yeah. Um, including some cities like Atlanta, which sells out their football stadium and they're getting 60, 70 plus thousand at every game. Which is amazing. Amazing. That's soccer. American, you know, a, an American league soccer match in the United States 
drawing that many fans. So uh, times are changing. It's amazing. Um, but the, the, the revenue generation on the men's side when it comes to the domestic league is way higher than the women's side. So I'm curious, though. I know there are there are NWSL players um, who you know the ones who who barely make make the teams um, who walk dogs and do other jobs on the side, yeah, um, because they can't make ends meet with what they make in the league. I know. I used to work with this isn't soccer, but another professional women's sport. I used to work with and was friends with a a um, WNBA player. And she had to lower herself and work as a lawyer eight months out of the year to support her WNBA career. That's way worse than walking dogs. Way worse. I mean, you know, we don't, <laughs> we, we got to pick up people's crap and we don't even get to put a bag around our hand <laughs> in order to yeah. do it. So, still get a good hour, hourly rate. <laughs> if, though, the thing is, like the WNBA, although it's related to the NBA, is a separate league. It's it's really a separate employer. Women's soccer, I am sure that they have split those leagues up into two related but still separate employer type kind of places. In sorry, women's soccer as opposed yeah. to men's soccer. Right. Yes, they're two separate leagues. Now, interesting stat for you. I'm I'm probably boring everybody with all my soccer stuff, but yeah, it's okay. I Suck asked it for up. it, and if anybody's going to get bored, it's me. So the teams, there are several of the teams in the women's league that are co-owned and managed by the men's team. Right, like the so Timbers and the, the Timbers Thorns. Timbers and the Thorns in Portland. Um, the Dynamo and the Dash in Houston is oh. another example of that. And those teams, those women's teams, tend to do better than the other teams. Interesting. So Seattle, for example, has a great uh, soccer culture. Um, and I'm amazed that you admitted that. They have a great soccer culture. I hate them, and I hope they all okay. burn. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. just to make I sure that I was very clear about that. But nobody can deny that they have great soccer support for the men's team in Seattle. Yeah. Women's team, the Rain, which I think is a very clever name, R-E-I-G-N. Right. But the Seattle Rain, which is yeah. – I, I like the, the punnery there. It's not supported almost at all. Oh, wow. And they are not affiliated with oh. – the Sounders, the, the yeah, Major the, League the, Soccer the team. team. So, very interesting. Um, is there a time outside of sports that you can think of, Mark, where the same employer would have some sort of justification to say, like, "Oh, wow, we're going to pay the male fill in the blank differently when the, than they we pay the female and fill have in it the be, blank? Have it be legal and have it be legal and have it be justifiable. I, I, you may have an example ready, but I, I don't. Okay, because I was going to say, I mean, I I wasn't sure if it was a gotcha kind of question, but I'm struggling to think of one. I mean, the one other place where I have seen this exact sort of scenario play out recently, Hollywood films. Hmm. Remember when there was this guy, he was in this show called House of Cards, and apparently he was icky. I'm familiar. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. So when the Kevin Spacey scandal broke, he was actually in production on a film. And they had to go back and reshoot scenes in that film with the actors who had originally acted against Kevin Spacey, but against a different actor. Right. And when they did that, they offered the female actors basically union scale to come back and reshoot their scenes and the male actors millions of dollars to come back and do the same exact thing. It was a big scandal. 
that's absurd. And the I am sorry that I wasn't more prepared on this one. I didn't think it would go there, but the male actor ended up returning some of his salary, and it was it was a big sting. Oh, I think I I think maybe I read something yeah. about that. But the the studio's response to that was that the male actor was a bigger draw and justified the higher salary. But it turns out they never negotiated with either the male or the female lead in the show. They just told her, here's Union Scale, come back and do it. And she's like, oh, okay. And then they showered the male actor with wealth and he came back and did it. Oh, okay. Out of curiosity, did they offer the same and he negotiated it higher? No, I or they it was just my, offered more. No, it was my understanding. They I mean, just, either way, I, the, they the just disparity offered is, more. Either way, it. either way, the disparity is not okay. Right, I just want to be clear. But I'm just curious because we read a lot about how men are far more likely to try to negotiate a salary than women are. Right, we've we've heard about that. In fact, yes. we heard about that today. I was yes. yeah. Um, now the, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, you can imagine like you know, uh, I'm going to date myself, but. You go out and you make Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark. You go out and you make Raiders of the Lost Ark and you got Harrison Ford. I bet you're going to pay him more than Karen Allen because back in 1980, he was a big, huge box office draw. Karen Allen had a bit part in Animal House. I mean, they they had very different trajectories. But when you're talking about an A-list male and an A-list female in the same film, it gets really hard to justify those pay disparities. No justification. No. So I would hate to see somebody then taking those same type of arguments, which are weak already in Hollywood, and trying to apply them somewhere else. Yeah. Like doctors or lawyers or, you know. Really anything. Really anything. So I have a question for you. You, may have, you have a little more information in front of you. Um, does, does the information article source that you're looking at discuss what the league's defense is? The league's defense was just that. They're, they're like, hey, man. Men, the men are a big deal and a big draw, and we make money from them. But they're not justifying that with actual numbers. As no, you said, the men their lost own numbers money. seem to defeat that. Hmm. Now, of course, this is a lawsuit. It was recently filed. We know what is in the complaint. We know certain facts that are objective and can be verified, but we don't really know everything that right. the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to bring up in its defense. Well, I'll be interested to follow the follow the case. Yeah, I will be too. Um, here is, in answer though to your question, a slightly related tidbit. It's not the first time U.S. soccer has been accused of sex discrimination. Back in 2016, the Senate passed a resolution pressuring U.S. soccer to eliminate gender pay inequity between the men's and the women's national teams. The... U.S. Soccer Federation wrote back in a letter and argued that the men's national team players can lawfully earn greater compensation because they generate greater revenue and claim that any differences in pay between the men's and women's teams is attributable to non-discriminatory factors. But then we get into the same year's annual report saying, and yeah, if it wasn't for the women, we'd have been sunk. Yeah, I and yeah. the turnaround, <laughs> that's the interesting thing. The turnaround is is over $18 million. Yeah, it's not and close. And the pay disparity was $7 million. Right. So you can't say it's because we're paying them more in the first place. <laughs> no. Right. So, Fascinating. Yeah. And there you have it. So soccer, hotbed of sexism. Absolutely. 
Yeah, terrible. Terrible so, sport. So <laughs> that said. <laughs> Not really. I'm kidding. I think it's a wonderful go, sport and a great opportunity for women athletes, and we fully support Go support soccer, your team. Especially support, the Thorns. Right. And the, well, the Thorns already are supported, so more I care about the other cities. You live in one of the eight other cities that has a National Women's Soccer League yeah. team. Go to games. They're yeah, fun. Seattle. They're 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 not expensive to get into. They're great quality soccer. I think it's the top quality great women's soccer in, in in without the showboating of the male right. teams. And they're tougher than the men. They the women don't <laughs> by far don't, they don't have flop. the histrionics. They don't flop. Right. Um, it's they're they're. Uh, I love it. I love everything about it. You should go and support your local team, WNBA too. Uh, yep. If you live in a city, we don't have that in Portland. Seattle and um, Seattle actually does. Seattle support does. I have some friends that are very big fans, and Seattle they, Storm just just won it. Yeah, and they, I'm seeing Storm pictures on my Facebook feed all the time from yeah. them. Go support your 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 sports teams. And in particular, also go support your women's sports cool. teams uh, in your cities. And on that note, we'll be right back with an interview and a listener story. Welcome back. Uh, we are here with a very special guest today. Here meaning where, Mark? So as we probably already said in the first segment that we maybe. haven't recorded yet, probably, right. maybe, we are at the ASHRA conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are indeed. We actually flew on a plane together yesterday. We did. Um, we randomly ended up sitting next to each other on one of the flights, which was the worst flight ever. Pretty bad. <laughs> uh, and now we're in a conference center overlooking a very, very brown river. Yep, we are. Is this the Monongahela or the Allegheny? We are before where they converged to form the Ohio River. Correct. And we're looking out uh, at, Rusty at, the, bridges at and the Yellow Bridges and PNC Park in the background yeah. in the convention center here in Pittsburgh. And we... This river looks like something Augustus Gloop would drown in. It, it's, it's got that it's, color. It's brown. It's got that color. It's very brown. I'm but it is very it. picturesque. Dennis is painting a much less nice picture oh. than I actually think it is. It's very lovely. Uh, and I love Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh's cool. We we really like it. Anyway, enough about Pittsburgh. So yeah, so we, we have, have a guest. We have a guest here who has actually been on the show before, but who we have never met in person. Yeah. And you would think that the reason he's here is because he's at the same conference. As and us. that's not true. That's not true. He's actually gate crashing. Um, kidding. Uh, but we have John Thurman here from the HR Show Social Hour podcast. Who we are actually recording on his handheld device, so he's sitting here holding up the device to the two of us while we do our intro. Uh, John, say hello. Hey, everybody! It's great to be back. So great to see you guys. It's great, great to see you to meet in person for the first time, uh, which I always love. This it's like disembodied voices of that play in my car all the time, <laughs> and who we've talked on the phone several times yes. before too. But to actually be in person together, yeah. uh, as you happen to be driving through Pittsburgh today, just at a time that and we did line up, but we did yeah. a little bit of planning to make this line up time wise. Yeah, we for did. Us. But, but um, what a lovely happenstance, since you're you're not local to Pittsburgh in any way. I am yeah. very fortunate that my job requires a lot of travel sometimes, and this is the good side <laughs> of travel is that I get to see people. And when you guys mentioned last week that you're going to be in Pittsburgh, I happen to be. We have an office just north of town, and. I'm going to be in here for a job fair uh, later in the week, and I thought I can get there early. Let's get together. I've been I've actually presented with Asher before for webinars, so I I wish I could crash 
because I've been kind of curious to see. I said you could say. borrow my my yeah. ID and just you know. I think I'm wander way underdressed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more probably Sherm conference dress than maybe Ashra. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't quite ready for just how more dressy this conference might be than yeah, other did, HR conferences. Did, did, did you pack your tux? Because I did not. I, I didn't even pack a jacket. Me neither. I, I'm I, kind of surprised I packed day, pants. Today is the day that I'm not wearing jeans. Yeah. Um, the rest of the days will be. And you know what? We can just own our Northwestiness. Yeah. Um, and But I wish John I know, were here because have he'd make like a... He, he, jeans he, and facial He's dressed hair. down slightly more than the two of us, and so... Um, also, jeans we'd look and good next hair. to him today right. yeah. in terms of the level of dress. <laughs> Otherwise, not so much. We look good compared to nobody. <laughs> the, right, right. So that's um, why we do a podcast and not like a YouTube channel. Right. That's yeah, what yeah. I tell people too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we I've have got a face for radio. Face for radio. <laughs> uh, so tell us. Yeah, John. Uh, enough of us. It's been. I don't know. You were on one of our very early episodes. I want to say it was episode six or seven. I think. Yeah. Um, and. What have you been up to? Like, what? Tell, I know you're presenting, you're, you're social media-ing all over the place. Uh, what you been up to? It's been a really eventful six months, give or take. You know, we launched the Social Hour back in February. You guys were kind enough to do the reciprocal show. I remember we recorded one Saturday afternoon, and it was the, one of the highlights of this year for sure. Just that whole afternoon was an was absolute a lot of fun. scream. But uh, no, we've. Uh, continue to put out a lot of content, you know, one show a week, plus we do a lot of special episodes. And uh, beyond that, uh, Wendy, my co-host, uh, who is unfortunately not here, but uh, we'll get to hear this. And we it. miss Someone, you, Wendy. Yes, we miss you because she would be fangirling out for sure. But uh, <laughs> we, I uh, was actually able to go out to Sioux Falls and speak out there on social media recruiting uh, for a couple of events there, which was really exciting. And what did you uh, speak on? Uh, so, yeah, just so, social media recruiting, but any particular angle or really just... helping people understand how to get better at it yeah. and understand, you know, kind of what are the what are the functions, you know, what's the what's the best way to communicate? You got to understand your brand. You really need hmm. to figure out who you are and what you're selling, right? Before Absolutely. you can ever market it well. But uh, great response there uh, in two different sessions. And then uh, I was telling telling the guys a little earlier, I'm actually going to be speaking at a podcast conference now, which is very different for me. Uh, it's even different for a lot of us. I'm really excited. So about not it. HR specific. Not HR specific. Uh, for those of you maybe that listen to the social hour or are not familiar with us, we started as a Twitter chat. And so I'm going to be talking about how to market Twitter chats and, and utilize Twitter chats for podcasting and in building your brand. So again, it's a, a very different audience, but you know, we are podcast brethren, we're HR podcast brethren, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be yeah. a, it's going to be an interesting challenge for sure. But like I said, coming through and I said, I got to stop by and meet me. <laughs> again, when am I going to get a chance to meet two guys from Oregon, realistically, unless we're all at, a, at an HR conference? That's probably true. Knock on the countertop, Sherm, I'm talking to you. Uh, but you never know. Uh, so I was like, absolutely got to do this. Absolutely. When we come to conferences like this, it, it does feel like we are from like the far reaches of like... Oh, Siberia. World, like Siberia compared <laughs> to everybody else. Except we did see one guy here who's, who is like the, probably the one person here from Alaska. Yeah. So that made me, us feel very cosmopolitan. And like we're we're not so yeah. far from home, but yeah, uh, it's fantastic to run into you in person. It really is. Now, John, you're still running the Twitter chat. Yes. And in case there is a listener in Zimbabwe who's not currently aware of the Twitter chat, could you describe what that is, how it works, and how people can find it? Absolutely. So the HR Social Twitter chat is the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern. And it is a, we call it a gateway chat. 
Uh, if you're familiar with Twitter at all, uh, there are a lot of really great chats out there, not just HR related, but but ours is really for those maybe that are new to chats and, and kind of learning how to take part in one. So, you know, our show, just if you listen to the podcast, every episode, what's the first question we ask guests? What's in your glass? That's always the first question of the chat too, to kind of open it up. It's a fun way to start a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, wherever you may be. But, uh, or if you're some of our international guests who we have folks as far as India and, and Sweden that take part in that chat. So it's five o'clock in the morning there. Oh, wow. That's I, give them, I give them all the credit in the world for taking part. I think it's, they're our true superheroes. We, we're so appreciative of them. But each month we have a different topic. We are getting ready. Uh, so according to when if you guys are going to put this out in the next day or two, on the 23rd, which would be next Sunday, seven o'clock, we're going to be doing a, a chat on employee relations. Oh, great. How to, how to tackle them, how to do them well. And we're going to be oh, partnering cool. with Namely HR, who's a tremendous uh, provider out there working with small and medium-sized businesses. They're going to be our partner on the chat, and they're going to have some of their brain power helping us answer some of those questions when it comes to how to deal with those employee relations issues. It's very cool. So how, do, how does one find you on Twitter? You can find me, John, J-O-N underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. You can find Wendy, my co-host, is Wendell93, W-Y-N-D-A-L-L-9-3, or at HR Social Hour, which is our our chat and podcast Twitter handle. Well, I don't really use it as much as I probably should. We're, we're getting better at that. So it's at HR Social Hour will help me find the chat. Correct. And gotcha. the hashtag yeah, during the, hashtag? the actual Twitter chat, it's hashtag HR Social Hour. So if I want to take part in the chat, I would look for that hashtag correct. and respond using that hashtag. That's correct. That's correct. Gotcha. Very right. cool. And, and how do we find the podcast? Podcast is at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're on every platform like you guys are. For those of you that haven't listened before, we liken it to just like what we're doing here or getting to know somebody over a cup of coffee. I'm going to ask you some questions and Wendy's going to ask you questions about kind of your background, your experience and how you tie into the HR world. But then we have the second half of the show is the question connection. What's your favorite music? What's your favorite book? Favorite movie? Who do you follow? So we like to get, we want you to get to know people. So if you come to something like Asher, if you go to a Sherm conference, you go to a, a risk management conference and somebody's speaking there or somebody else, you see their name tag and they've been a guest on the show, you've got some kind of connection with them. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, it's, I, I don't listen to all the HR podcasts because otherwise I'll go nuts, but it's one of the few that I listen to regularly because I like getting to hear people's stories about how they got into HR, uh, how they maybe view the world a little differently than everybody else, and then the, the just the style of the conversation is, is casual yet informative. Uh, and I like hearing even just like, what's your favorite movie? Because <laughs> everybody's really different, and sometimes I hear stuff come out of people's mouths that I totally don't expect. <laughs> and anytime you have something that's unexpected like that on a podcast, like I think that's that's listening gold. So. I, we, we have been really, really fortunate. We have tremendous guests. We've had some uh, tremendous listener base and people that are very supportive of what we're doing. And yeah, it is. It's fun. And like Mark and, and Dennis, both of you are big Rush fans. The fact that we bonded over Rush is pretty yeah. amazing. Or Mark and I are. It's the band, not too. Limbaugh. That's right. It's always Rush the band. <laughs> but it, it is there. You know, you find the, you find out all these connections that you have that go well beyond what we practice every day and making deepening those connections and that's really what our show is all about you know networking and building building those relationships and, and learning how to you know learning learning how to build the connections and, and giving back and networking that's ultimately what it's about yeah i i, I uh, very approachable hr cool kids is the way i think of your <laughs> podcast and and a being honored to be amongst that group in terms of be, having been on but it just shows me 
you know, at least HR cool kids and social media, people who are out there interacting and networking. And just by listening, I learn more about how to do that and how to make more connections. And I think that that, that in and of itself, in addition to all the great substantive information that comes out of everybody's mouths, that networking aspect alone has has changed the way I look at social media uh, and networking within the HR community. Indeed. So, so we highly recommend it. Highly recommend. I, I Well, again, you guys know I've been with you guys since the beginning. I'm a big employment law nerd. I love reading about it. <laughs> I, you know, at one point I thought I'd go back to school. It didn't work out. I'm comfortable with that now, but the fact that you guys are doing this and it's fun to listen to each and every week. You know, it's the Mutual Appreciation Society, as I said, but uh, again, it's just exciting to be able to get together and do this. Well, thanks, John. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for seeing us in Pittsburgh. This was great. Appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll see you again. Take care. And now we come to that very special time in the hostile work environment where Mark will read us a listener-submitted story. Mark? So we had a good discussion about women's sports. We did. We had a great check-in with John Thurman. Yeah. So now it's time for a penis story. Yeah, we got to bring it down. Got to bring it down a notch. Yeah. All right. We we were talking like, you know, 12th grade, college freshman level. Right. Time to hit third grade. Here we are. Wee-wee and pee-pee. Take it away, Mark. Here we go. Hello, Mark and Dennis. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. Um, I hey, started, baby. <laughs> this is not that kind of podcast, Dennis. Told um, you we're going back to going third down, grade, right? Yeah, downhill, yeah. All right. Um, I started listening to your podcast about a month ago. Oh, thanks. And have been listening both at work and during my commute. It has certainly been an entertaining, t- entertaining way to pass the time, and I've almost caught up. Thank you. Thank you. That's, That's awesome. That makes us super happy to hear it. In a previous position, I worked uh, in HR uh, role that focused heavily on employee relations. I was based in the corporate office. However, most of the employees I supported were in the field throughout the country. I received a call from a woman, Stephanie, who said that she did not want to report to work. When I asked... Well, who does? Right. But I assume if you're calling HR with that, that there's probably more of a reason than just like, I don't want to work. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe. So she's got a reason, maybe. I've read this already. There's a reason. Okay. Lay it on us. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't do like a no reason story. And, and, you that, know, would just, that wouldn't make for a great story. The foreshadowing for this story was less than perfectly subtle. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think we know why she doesn't want to come to work. It's just, you know, yeah, the details that are you're, interesting. You're just making it take longer for me to get there. All right. Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> when I asked why. Is that four-star review that said I interrupt too much? Yeah, no, that's just, I'm thinking re- about that too. It really annoyed me. <laughs> so there, reviewer. Yeah. Um, when I asked why, she shared that a male coworker, John, sent her a graphic picture, uh, and she felt both uncomfortable and intimidated to come to work. I told Stephanie, the Stephanie and John in quotes, so not their real names, that I would like to speak with John and that she could certainly remain home today with pay if that would make her most comfortable while I completed an investigation. I asked her to forward the picture in question, and it was exactly what you'd expect. I called John and his manager and asked John if he had any recollection of sending a message to a coworker that may have been inappropriate. (laughs) John stated that he is aware that he had, apparently, sent Stephanie a picture of his penis. John. John. Just to be clear, not 
John Thurman. No, oh, no, God. No, different John. Well, well, why do we know that? I mean, I suppose I don't, but. The odds are small. Odds are small, and I didn't want to. I was, I was thinking like, wow, we just had a segment with John, and and he's not here to defend and himself. The name, the, the name John, remember is in quotes too, so it's not his real name. Oh, so then it's so not it's John definitely Thurman, not John. We know I, John Thurman's real name is in fact John, right? And we, I'm glad we reasoned that out. We carded him, so we know. Okay, continue, uh, please. Um, I followed up. What do you mean? Apparently, John said he was drinking at a party at the local Red Roof Inn and blacked out. Oh, man. Uh, that's a night. Um, I didn't think people drank at Red Roof Inn parties. I thought that was purely a methamphetamine venue. Hmm. It probably depends on where you are and huh, what crowd okay. you're with. Uh, I noted that the message he sent was barely after 5 p.m. Uh, his shift ended at 4 p.m. John stated that he drank fast, hence blacking out. After a long conversation, John said that he sent the text accidentally, as his girlfriend's name is Sally, and his coworker and girlfriend are located next to each other on his contact list. A likely story. Later, when the decision was made to terminate John, he was shocked that being under the influence and confusing his coworker and girlfriend's names while texting were not effective excuses for his behavior. Unfortunately, the story does not end there. As the VP of HR and the legal department review all uh, all um, employee terminations, I put together a file for these parties to review, which included the picture. After maturely asking an HR coworker if they would look at uh, take a look at something I was working on uh, while having the picture front and center on my computer, I took the file for review to my VP of HR. As I was attempting to explain that this was a particularly interesting case, she flipped directly to the picture and was treated to a man tightly gripping his erect penis. <laughs> Luckily, we had a good laugh, and she was supportive of the decision to terminate. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. <laughs> oh, my Oops. God. Thank you for that one. Thank you for that story. Uh, it's been a month or two since we have... Pleaded. Sent out our our pleads for stories. We're not desperate. No, but we do need more stories. It's been a few weeks since I've gotten anything new. Oh wow! Um, and uh, I get the sense that like we just don't get them unless we really beg, beg for them. And so, plead. So we're begging and pleading. So please uh, send us stories. Um, the segment is only as good as the stories that you, the listener, send in right. uh, to stories at hwepodcast.com. And that would make me really happy. Me too. Especially if they um, end the way that last one did. Yeah, that, that I was, enjoyed that. That was good. It was a good third grade level penis story. And apparently true and in the workplace, which is more like third grade than... Than you would ever ever really think could be possible. So, a few other quick announcements. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at HWE Podcast. True. So follow us on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, you're missing out on half of the conversation. And I should say I'm at Salad Pants. I don't think I've ever said that before. I don't think you ever have. I I don't tweet under the podcast account. That's just Dennis. But I do tweet otherwise. You, you may get some soccer tweets mixed in with my HR tweets. Some Rush tweets. Occasionally. That's yeah. mostly John Thurman does. If He's you're, big if you're Rush into the fan. band Rush, yeah. 
check it out. He does he does Rush Saturdays. He sends a different Rush video out on Twitter every Saturday morning. Um, one thing that we have been talking about is whether or not we should have a sponsor for this podcast. Yeah. Somebody to help defray some of the expenses, and I think yeah, we've Patreon, come to the conclusion. Patreon's been great, and we've Patreon's been doing, great, yeah, but you know, it's um, we think we're getting to the point where you know we've got a, a solid listenership, and I think we've got a consistent product. Yeah, uh, and so if any of you out there consistently inconsistent, consistent, well, that's kind of our thing, right? Uh, but if any of you out there feel that we aren't uh, so offensive. Um, <laughs> that you, we wouldn't be an embarrassment to your company. Right. Uh, to, so if you have a, a cannabis industry business or perhaps are in the adult entertainment <laughs> sector. That's right. We're, we're really, really strong for those sectors. Um, but seriously, if, if you are, if you have an HR product that you think others would really benefit from hearing about and that Mark and I could promote with a straight face. Yeah. Reach out to reach us. Reach out to us on social media. Uh, or, or stories or at hwpodcast.com. Stories at hwpodcast.com. And um, yeah, we'd, uh, we'd be interested we'll in We'll cut that. you a great deal on rates. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And on that note. So long from Pittsburgh, PA. So long from Pittsburgh, PA, though I suspect the next time you hear our voices, we'll it still will be from also Pittsburgh, be from PA. Pittsburgh, PA, because we've got a little time and we don't get a lot of time. It's been hard to schedule recording lately. So uh, while we have the opportunity here, we may try to bang out a few more episodes over the next day or two um, and uh, maybe talk to some people here. We'll see if yeah, the logistics we'll of that work or not. But. All right. Until then, Arrivederci. Bye. Show me pentafence. Hey! Hey! This! This!